and joining me right now here on the Mark Moses Show. This guy does a great job covering college football and basketball for Outkick.com. He's my great friend, Trey Wallace. Trey, how you doing today? I'm good, man. Just um, in the off season, you know, trying to finish the story. That is 2023-2024, right? <laughs> you were telling me you were writing an article for today. Is it about all these yeah. crazy lawsuits? What's up? It is, man. I mean, it is, dude. It, it, it's a it's a never-ending cycle, especially when you've got so many, I don't know, entities going after the NCAA right now um, and trying to separate themselves, you know, find their own power, you know, and, and find reasons to uh, disenfranchise from the NCAA, the right word? I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like this is a time where, you know, we haven't seen anything like this over the last, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, where you have so many people that are against what the NCAA is doing, whether whether that be, you know, um, you, you look what happened in the Ivy League yesterday. Uh, when it comes to unions, you look what, you know, pay for play, NIL, um, you know, contracts with, you know, when it comes to what the college football playoff is going to look like. It's just, man, it's, it's never ending right now. I think it's setting up for a crazy 10 years in college football. All right, to clarify, first, we're with Trey Wallace. He's awesome. And second, what is the NCAA trying to do right now to all these different entities? I, I, I'm, honestly, I, I think they're trying to hang on to as much power as they can during the current climate of college athletics. I really do. I mean, you look at, you know, look at the investigations into Florida State. Look at the investigations into Florida. Uh, look what's going on in Tennessee right now. Um, I expect more schools to come out here in the near future. Um, you know, holding on to power is, is such an interesting word when it comes to this, but they're really trying to figure out, okay, listen, we, uh, you know, we, we kind of screwed up three years ago when it comes to NIL, and we didn't really put the right rules out there that we probably should have. But, by the way, at the same time, we're still going to try to get you for the rules that maybe were a little bit bent back three years ago. Like it, 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 it's just one of those things where the NCAA is relied on by so many different member institutions. And what's happening right now is you're seeing everybody that's agitated is the right word. I could probably go stronger if we weren't on radio. Yeah. Agitated with Charlie Baker, the president. Um, they look at the money that's being spent. Um, the players think they, they deserve a, a grab out of that. Um, and at the same time, you've still got this investigative arm, you know, that's out here trying to, to nail down schools. It's just, it's one thing after the other. And I think in all reality, everybody's just kind of put their hands up and be like, okay, you want to go down this road, man, we're, we're going to come back and attack you. And I think that's what you're seeing right now in the NCAA and, and versus all colleges and conferences. Doesn't it feel like this is the opportunity where you need like a Roger Goodell type character to corral everyone in and be like, here's what we're going to do moving forward? <laughs> I mean, you do. Like, yeah, yeah, you do, because more people are making fun of Charlie Baker, the president of the NCAA, than actually agreeing with him on anything. And I, and I think that 
when you don't have that strong, strong-minded, I don't know, if you want to call him a commissioner of college football, that's fine. Uh, when you don't have that person that, you know, is like a Roger Goodell, like you saw Roger Goodell get up there and answer, you know, 30 minutes worth of questions, you know, the first night of the Super Bowl and whatnot. Like, you just, you don't have that in college football, and you need it. And, and I think, you know, somebody good for that um, would probably be Greg Sankey. I mean, if we're, if we're being honest, Greg Sankey would would probably kill it in that role. Uh, but at the time being, the NCAA is kind of twiddling their thumbs while at the same time, again, trying to instill all this power that, man, they know, they know they're losing every single day. So, you know, hell, man, I got a lawsuit going on, you know, an hour and a half from me uh, right now where, you know, the state of Tennessee and Virginia are suing the NCAA for antitrust when all reality if I really just break it down real simple, uh, these collectives and these schools want to be able to pay players and want to be able to talk about it immediately, you know, when they're high schoolers uh, compared to having to wait when they get on campus, when you know it's not going on anyways right now. So it's all a big cluster, you know, and, and I'm interested to see where this thing goes. All right. I will be commissioner then. Here's what I'll say. All right. This is what it is. Okay, good. All right. I am all for players getting paid because this is getting ridiculous after a while. How much money is being thrown around? Like, so I've been pro player this whole time, but then at the same time, I can't stress this enough. Trey Wallace without kick.com. Um, if you're a student athlete, you can't go to five schools in your college career. This is ridiculous. No, there has no. to be, there has to be a limit. On how many times you could transfer after a while. I'm sorry. You can't, you can't be Dylan Gabriel, UCF, UCLA, Oklahoma. Now you're going to Oregon. That's, it's ridiculous as a thing. The other thing is, um, you're still a student athlete. You go to that university. Okay. Like enough of this nonsense. I think that's what kind of happened with LSU basketball there last fall where, uh, a certain player, uh, you know, she got kind of famous and then forgot about, hey, I go to LSU to go to school as well. I think there's something happened here for a minute, allegedly. I think you have to go to class. I, mean, I just it's ridiculous. This stuff. I'll give you I'll give you like I'll give you a perfect example that, that folks down in Florida will know. Hmm. Um there's an offensive lineman, Gerald Mincy. He started his career in Florida. He transferred to Tennessee, played two seasons, played this past season, uh, and now he's transferred to Kentucky and is going to play next year. It's like the kid has decided he wanted a tour of the SEC East yeah. to play college football. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it, 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 it's like, wait a minute. Are we really doing this to a point where, like, I could see one transfer. I could. Yeah. Um, if something happens at a at a place where a kid gets kicked out or something like that, like go down a level, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying Gerald Minton was kicked out or anything. I'm just talking about in general. Like, you know, there needs to be rules, you know. Drop down to, you know, the FCS level or something along those. I I don't know, but I do get tired of seeing all of these darn kids know that they can just go, okay, well, you know what? I'm kind of done here. You know what? I've had a run here. I'm good. Uh, this other school was offering me, 
a better, you know, $75,000 more per year. Uh, I'm going to go play there for you. It's, 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 it's like, you know, you see when the NFL, where the guy plays for, you know, seven different teams over a 12 year span, but hell in college football, we're talking about, you know, three different teams over a five year span. It's just, it's too much. It's too much from the standpoint of, okay, Saban, he retires. I want to get your opinion on that one second. The top wide receiver at Alabama, he loses his coach. I get it. And then he openly what? says, I'm going to Texas. It's a business decision. What? Like being, yeah. being the top guy at Bama. Cause you, the top, okay. So you're the quarterback at Oklahoma, quarterback at Ohio State. Oh, that's not good enough for anymore. That's what kind of bothers me with this stuff. What is good enough for isn't, you? Isn't that weird? Isn't it weird that you can say, okay, a business decision is, I'm going to go play for Texas compared to playing for the University of Alabama. And don't get me wrong. Look, I I fully support players that lose their head coach. I fully support them being able to go play at another school. Um, I do not have a problem with that. In the case of Nick Saban, you know, a lot of players put off getting more NIL money from certain schools to be able to go play for Nick Saban. It was called the Saban discount and, and, and it happened in yeah. college football. Okay. Um, but you, you see where some of these players have decided, okay, well, Saban's not here anymore. Alabama's not Alabama. It's like, wait a minute. What? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Like, are we being realistic? Like, I know that you lost Nick Saban, but it doesn't mean Steve Sarkeesian is some big savior. And, 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 and I just, I look at it, you know, and, and what? We saw A.D. Mitchell do that. Uh, he left Georgia and went to Texas. And he was their star wide receiver last year. So now it's going to be Isaiah Bond from Alabama going to Texas. It's like, man, I, you know, when's enough enough in college football? All right. I know I'm going to sound like Clint Eastwood get off my lawn. I, I don't okay, want, I don't want there to be a world where everyone's soft, where, I have some obstacle, so I'm just going to not take it on. Like, there's no hard work involved. Right. It's just everyone, because here's what's happening. At the high school level, this is happening as well. And I get it. Yeah. You have to put yourself in the best opportunity to succeed. But I have, I have 14 year olds that are jumping high schools to go to another football program. And I'm just like, this Isn't has to that stop. Mind blowing. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that, that I was back in, um, I was back in my home city of Mobile, Alabama, uh, last week for the Senior Bowl, and I was just talking to somebody, a high school coach there, and he told me, you know, you've got high schools, and, and look, obviously this has happened in the past, recruiting, you know, against each other, but you've got high schools that are out here saying, hey, look, we'll we'll give you, you know, if it's a private school, we'll give you a full blown scholarship to come here, get away from that school, you know what I mean? We can set you up better for the future. Um, at this school compared to another, but really, in all reality, it's all about football. You know that that's the thing. It's it's it, you know it, it it it's getting to a point now where <laughs> you thought college coaches are having it bad. You know you've got high school coaches trying to keep a roster together. So it, it it's gone down. It's trickled down. You know, yes. and I, if you're not playing, if you're not playing for the IMG academies or 
uh, you know, whatever, you know, Park County in, in, in Alabama or Thompson, you know, you think you have to move to a different school. It's also stupid. It really is. It really is. Look, I say this all the time. This is my motiv- motivational speaking, like I'm Tony Robbins. This is very key to you, all right? I know we've been friends for a while. There's one thing. Where I like you, Tony. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> where do you want to go and where are you needed, right? There's a part. There are days. Look, there's a there's days I want to do this show from Miami Beach in front of beautiful supermodels, but I'm needed here on the Space Coast, and that's what I think about <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, that's a great analogy there, Mark. <laughs> it is. I want to party in so New like, Orleans, but I'm needed here right, right now. This is very key. Okay, it's like right. You can't you can't you can't go to London all the time, right? I do. I want to, and you need to come with me I sometime. You okay, you need. You'll do very well in London. That's all I'm going to say. They're going to love your accent, Trey. That's all I'm going to say on the subject. I, okay, I, I could. I look. I, I have been there once. I was young though. <laughs> Um, so I, I need to go back and drink that city dry. Um, so I look forward to that one day. <laughs> you know, what's funny. It's like when you leave the United States, these other countries, there are no college athletics. We're the only ones doing this stuff. No. Yeah. Isn't it wild, dude? I was in Germany, uh, four or five years ago and, you know, you go over there and you talk college athletics. They're sitting there and look, you know, you, you look like a damn idiot. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. We've got professional soccer. We've got European basketball. Yeah. That's about it. I don't they, know what you're talking about with all these college sports and how y'all are putting it together, but you know, it's crazy because they're so into, you know, football, soccer over there. And, mm-hmm. and it's the same craziness. That is college athletics over here. It's just, but it's two different worlds. So it's it, it, it just, you know, it, it, you know, go, go ask the Notre Dame fans. They know all about it when they were over in Dublin this past year. Oh. You know what I mean? It's like, what the hell are we walking into? <laughs> <laughs> we're here at Trey Wallace, outkick.com. Here was my analogy when Saban retired. It reminded me of the book movie, No Country for Old Men, where at the at the end, Tommy Lee Jones talks about the idea. There's an analogy where there's a police officer for decades, and he's great at it. But now there's a new criminal, and the police officer's like, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't the world I'm into. There's a part of me that feels that way with Saban, where he's been the man. He's dominated the last two decades. But this Wild West of Transfer Portal, I'm out. This is the time to leave if I'm Saban. Do you kind of see that? Yeah, he got out at the right time. He really did. I mean, there, there, there was a point where maybe college football could have stabilized, but what we're seeing now from the transfer portal, NIL, the, the recruiting calendar, I mean, hello, we're, we're a day and a half away from National Signing Day in February. And this used to be big a national holiday in February, but now since everything's happened, <coughs> excuse me, in the month of December, Kind of takes away the flair of what goes down in February. But what I'm getting at is that these coaches, they don't have breaks anymore. It's nonstop work in college football. And I get, you know, a a lot of people are like, oh, woe is me. Okay, these coaches are making, you know, 500000 all the way up to $12 million a year. But I'm talking about, you know, I talk to a lot of assistant coaches, you know, that are so tired of the college football game because of the calendar where they only get a couple days in July 
as a break. And you have to remember, these are coaches that are working until 1, 2 o'clock in the morning every day. You know, it's not like they're going home and seeing their family. It's not like they have a life outside of their job. Um, I think for Nick Saban, it's finally like, okay, I've done enough here. I, I have I have won national championships. I have changed the way people look at college football. I turned Alabama into a Fortune 500 company. Um, you know, I'm not going to step fully away, meaning, you know, I'm still going to have an office, but I'm going to be on the golf course most of the time, so don't bother me. Um, so it's, it's like, you know, Nick Saban was such a catalyst for change, you know, 10, 15 years ago in college football and the way that we look at it and the way that we looked at defense. And, you know, I, I just felt like it was a good time for him to step aside. And, 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 that, and look, we've seen it in basketball. You know, we, we saw it with Jay Wright in basketball. Um, is, it, is it that, you know, Coach K walking away? Like, I think a lot of these guys are just like, you know, when I'm done. Like, this is so different. Everything's changing, and, and they can't keep up with it. And also, they're sick and tired of having that conversation with 18-year-olds about, hey, you come here and make $400,000 a year, $500,000 a year, a million a year. When, when, when Mark, these deals were happening in, in, in the dark lights of a hotel parking lot, I, you know, four years ago. Like, it, it, I think people forget that. I really do. I think people are so surprised with what NIL has done to college football, that they forget these players were making almost the same type of money years ago, but it was in bags of cash mm-hmm. or it was in manila envelopes after a game. You know, and I, and I think that it's so out in the open, it makes these folks uncomfortable. And I'm talking about these coaches. It's just uncomfortable knowing that you have got a full-fledged paying roster that you're having to keep up with in college football that is so out in the open now, you know, it, it's just hard to deal with. So good on Saban for when he decided to leave. It looks like he's having a great time. Do you have a Saban story? Like when I say Nick Saban, you personally are covering a game or talking to him. What do you got for me? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's so many, I remember, you know, I was a young, young reporter in Mobile, Alabama, and I was covering Alabama and Auburn and he was at a, uh, we were at a Knicks kids event, his, his charity down in Mobile at the convention center, you know, and we would always get 10 minutes before he would go on stage, you know, get to ask questions and whatnot. And I forget the question. I, I really do now, but I asked him some question and it was so stupid, Mark, the way that he looked at me, man, I felt like the smallest man in the state of Alabama. Um, it, it was terrible. And, and he goes, well, that was a good try, son. That's what he said to me. That was a good try, son. That's the question. And I'm thinking, great. I just got schooled in front of all these other reporters. Nick Saban's calling me son like I'm some 15-year-old kid that doesn't know how to ask a question. And you know what? That's when I learned really who Nick Saban was. Um, he was he was he was fiery. He was kind at the same time, but he didn't have. Uh, he wasn't scared to to kind of. I don't embarrass is not the right word, but call you out so that you learn something in the future. So, um, you know, sometimes he was a mean old man. Sometimes he was very nice. And I think he ended up somewhere in the middle of this past season. I, I think about SEC media days in Atlanta in 2018. And, Ooh. and here's what I think about is you're in that room with all the radio people, all the knuckleheads who like to talk for a living and everyone thinks they're yeah. a genius, right? I'm one of them. 
So yes, he walks in the room. Everyone gets quiet. Everyone. It's one of those moments. You don't have this happen very often in your life. Everyone's looking at him. He knows it too. Like, hey, I'm the man. And he walks by everyone to go to a table to, you know, do some radio row work. And he walked by and I said, hey, coach, thanks for coming. He's like, yeah. And he gave me like the thumbs up. <laughs> I always think about that. Um, the other one. All right. So I'm in Atlanta as well. It's the 2016 SEC title game, the final one at the Georgia Dome. And <laughs> Florida, I don't even know why we showed up to this game. Bama won in the first 10 minutes of the game where they scored on offense, defense, and special teams. And we're up 21 nothing, And it was a blowout. And afterwards, I go to the postgame news conference and I sit in the front row. And it's the first time I've ever been to a Saban press conference. Dude, he rattled off everything. He didn't look at any stats. And as usual... He was angry. They didn't win by more. And they won by 40 points or whatever. And I'll never forget that. <laughs> but he knew well, everything. I mean, look, if he won, he was going to find something to complain about. Mm. If they lost, Lord have mercy, you did not want to be in that coach's meeting the next morning. Because he, it was going to get rough. There are stories that I can't say on the air right here yeah. about how coaches' meetings went down the next morning. <laughs> and I'm just... I'm just telling you. I mean, even if you won a national championship, you know, they were back in the office a day and a half later discussing, okay, what's going on next year? We're getting beaten recruiting. How do we handle this? Yeah. That's just the way he was, he man. Said, so crazy. He, but okay. such a good coach. He Here's what I always think about with recruiting with him. He got to such a high level that if you got a phone call from him or his coaching staff, you have to go there. Like you, that's how I look at it. You get the offer from Nick Saban to play at Alabama. You're guaranteed to compete for championships and he'll put you in the best opportunity to make the NFL. That's how, that's well, what I think. Way too, it's the other way too. Like if you're a high school recruit and Nick Saban shows up at your house in that signature crimson jacket that he wears, that's when you know things were serious. Yes. When it came to you being recruited to go to that school, if he showed up at your house, Wearing the red jacket. That's when you know there was an offer there, and he wants you to come play for Alabama. So, you know, it, it's not like Nick Saban is an assistant coach stalking a recruit and hanging outside of his house in the parking lot here at the driveway. You know, it, you know when Nick Saban was coming into town, he always made a grand entrance. And, uh, again, if you saw the red coat, it means pretty much you have an opportunity now to go play at Alabama. I'll just tell you this, Trey Wallace, without kick.com. So last week in my area, we had the new coach of Alabama here showing up in the helicopter and then DeBoer. Yep. And then we had um, Mike Norvell shows up, Gus Malzahn. Uh, Ryan Day likes to come here as well because we got this Coco kid who's going to be their number one wide receiver. He's 25, uh, the 25 class. Yeah, it, it never ends in Florida. I hope you know that. <laughs> No, no. Well, also, Ryan Day wants to get his ass out of Ohio and down there to some nice warm weather. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you know, I uh, mean, do you blame him? No. Um, so, no, any kind of recruit they can find, uh, they're, they're going to go take a visit down the state of Florida. But, mm. yes, it, it's become, you know, it, it's always been kind of the epicenter, kind of where you're at, in, in a sense, because of how good Florida high school football is. But, you got so many darn good coaches in that state as well. Um, and Mario Cristobal is trying to catch up with the rest of them right now. It's pretty wild. It is. Let's end with this here with Trey Wallace, and I appreciate you coming on. So last night on Monday Night Raw, 
Cody Rhodes oh, come. Don't get me he he shows up. He shows up, and the crowd is chanting "Rocky sucks" like it's 1996. It was the most uh, beautiful thing I have seen in professional wrestling in a while. Um, because I am the one uh, fan right now that is furious that I don't get to see Cody versus Reigns. At WrestleMania. I'm sorry, man. I've seen The Rock wrestle before, uh, past his prime. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've seen that before. Like, I don't, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're not going to beat Reigns because you're not going to have him go over and then you're going to disappear and go to Hollywood, you know, the next day. It's not like The Rock's coming back, you know, to hold the title for six months. Um, it, it, it just, it's so aggravating, man, because they had the darn story set up. And the other thing, too, is, like, if you knew it was going to be The Rock, okay, that's cool. Have him win the Rumble. And then I, I wouldn't be as frustrated. Then you then you would have fans that would be like, okay, that makes sense. Now, you know, he can win the Rumble, go after Reigns. They can figure out something with, with Cody and Seth, and that's fine. But you had Cody win the Rumble, and you sit him out there pointing at Roman Reigns and all this type of crap. And then of all places, and I love the city, don't get me wrong, tell me The Rock shows up in Birmingham, Alabama, and starts setting up the future with Roman Reigns. It's like, come on, man, give me a break. And they're do- and you know what they're doing What with this whole WrestleMania promotional tour? They're turning this into Mayweather versus McGregor. They're going to go to these you know five different cities, they're going to have these stupid face-offs between The Rock and Roman Reigns, just like they did McGregor and Mayweather. They're going to drum up, you know, support and get people to buy the pay-per-view, which I'll buy the pay-per-view. That's fine. But what I'm saying is is that, you know, they keep saying, we're going to get some clarity on what's going on with WrestleMania this Thursday out in Vegas. It's like, give me a break, dude. Like, we, we, we already know where you're going with this thing, and The Rock's going to speak, and, you know, it's just – it just felt like they bundled it the wrong way, bro. And, do you, and you know how big of a fan I am. Do you think the Vince McMahon controversy, they had to like, uh-oh, we better get the rock back. We better fix this. Is that what happened? I think, I think, look, and you read the reports like I do. There's nothing like a dirt sheet in professional wrestling, okay? They're funny because 75% of the time they're wrong, but like 25% of the time, okay, they got something right. Uh, I do think The Rock was going to come – I think The Rock wanted to come back and wrestle um, Roman Reigns. I, you know, I, I just feel like, okay, go go do it in Australia in front of 100,000 people or something. I, I just – I don't know. I, I think you, you did two years of building Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Two years of Cody Rhodes building – to do this, and now you've got Cody Rhodes that has turned into the Daniel Bryan martyr. Yes. Meaning they're, they're, they've literally turned him into Daniel Bryan from 10 years ago. That's what they have done. And that is what, to me, it's like Cody Rhodes didn't need a Daniel Bryan-type bump, you know, to get over. He's your biggest selling baby face in the company. Okay, okay. I think it's still in play because we're in February, and this isn't until April. Why don't you just have I a? Don't disagree. I why don't, don't you? I don't disagree. Why don't you have but like? A, how do they do it though? All right, triple threat match. Make it even harder on Cody Rhodes. Where now he's to beat The Rock or Reigns for the belt. Do that. That's what. I'll give they, you one. I, now I'll give you one even better. What? How about 
he's got to win on Saturday night to be able to fight Sunday night for the title. Yeah, that's what... He's got to uh, beat somebody Saturday night. That's what... Uh, what's it called? Cody... I'm sorry. I'm, there's too many names in my head. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan did that, where he had to beat Triple H. But he had to do it in one night, though. He, yeah, remember, he had to beat Triple H in one night, you know, and then he got to go face Batista and Randy Orton. I think it's a play. I... I, I, look, I, I'm not going to say it's not in play. I, I, I really am. Yeah, I, 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 there, there has to be. Look, here, here's how I end it. The WWE cannot be this stupid when it comes to Cody Rhodes. Like, there has to be something else going on here. Yes. That they're going to pull a fast one over on us because they've seen the reaction. They know what they're doing when it comes to playing these replays in these arenas where events are taking place. They hear the booing. They hear the chants. They're passing out signs to fans that say, we want Cody for them to hang, you know, raise up in the air during these events. So a part of me is like, a part of me I don't think is giving enough credit to Triple H and maybe the way that he could spin this thing. So I think we're missing something. Mm. But at the time being, all we have is The Rock coming back. You know what I mean? So look, man, bring it on. Let's see how this plays out over the next couple months. We got time. Hey, The Rock has turned into Hulk Hogan now, where he just shows up and says, I want a championship match. That's what they said. And a lot of people don't even remember the reference. And that's what that's what I love about it. Like yeah. some of the new wrestling fans compared to, they don't get the reference of, you know, what it was the WrestleMania 9, you know, when Bret Hart got beat by Yokozuna yes. and Hulk Hogan comes down and all of a sudden they have an impromptu match <laughs> and Hogan wins the title. It's the same damn thing that The Rock's doing hey. right now. Hey, <laughs> I told you this. <laughs> I told you this. Told you this last year at this time. The way you end this, you get Goldust to show up to help out his brother. Oh. And I know, I know he's with AEW. I don't care. Pay the man. You talk about because it is because Cody's thing is like there's more than one wrestling fam- family. Yeah, his brother, and then the Rhodes team up, and Cody wins the belt in honor of his father, and you end the stupid Roman Reigns. That's how you do it. That's what it is. It's either that, it's either that, or Cody helps Punk, or Punk helps Cody. Yes, win the title at WrestleMania. Yes, that's how you could play that out. That 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 CM Punk says, "Screw you, Rock, for taking my place." Mm. What was it? Eight years ago. Okay, I'm going to come back and screw over Reigns and everybody else too. That's how you. That's how you get CM Punk involved, even with the tricep when he's recovering for a tricep, come in and screw the rock and reigns at the same time. You're fantastic. His name's Trey Wallace, outkick.com. My man, thanks for helping. Have a great day. I'm going to try to get his tickets to WrestleMania. I appreciate you having me on. we got a lot more to discuss.